Welcome to the Chad Cargill ACT Test Prep Podcast, coming to you from the Ollie Ray Ranch in Choctaw, Oklahoma. It's great to be with you for episode 41, ACT Writing, When You Should Take It and How. My goal is to give practical tips to help you increase ACT scores, qualify for college, and win those much-needed scholarships. We'll talk colleges, careers, and most of all, test-taking strategies and tips. A lot of students wonder or ask, should I take the ACT writing test? Well, that's not necessarily an obvious answer. And then, let's say we are going to take the writing test. How do we do it? And how do they score it? I want to score high. What do I need to do? Today in this episode, I'm going to clear up when you should take it, why you would take it, and then if you do take it, how to get those highest scores. And we'll clear up the confusion about how they grade it and what they're looking for. And then I'm going to give you some tips to beat the system, man. I'm going to tell you the key things you need to do to make sure you're getting your essay graded at the top. Now, before we get into that, uh, it's been a really active week of, of workshops. I gave uh, an online workshop yesterday. I gave two today. And uh, man, that's just sitting here at the computer. It's just, I, I need to get up in front of the students again and, and walk around. And, but uh, they were great classes. I enjoyed that. I got a lot of great questions. And uh, I'm going to do a couple episodes, I think, over some things that I've been asked in the last few days. So uh, those have been really great. Uh, a lot of scheduling for the spring. And if you want me to come to your high school, your area to do a workshop, definitely call. And let's get that on the schedule because, uh, you know, I've got classes that are pushing out. Uh, due to COVID, and I want to make sure that there's space for you. So go ahead and call our office. Penny is uh, my assistant. You can email her, penny at chadcargill.com or 405-454-3233 is our number. Now, we're doing the last chance prep workout on December the 10th. That's the Thursday before the National ACT. I'll have that up on the academy.chadcargill.com site. I don't have it up there yet, but I'll have that soon. Hey, another uh, announcement here. I had an opportunity to uh, do a podcast interview on uh, with one of my good friends, Tony Johnson. He has the Keep It 100 podcast. He had me on as a guest this week. I think it drops. I'm recording this November 18th, uh, 2020, and I think it drops tomorrow. If you're interested in my take on ACT as it relates to athletes, and I did one episode on that. He does a lot of high school sports and recruiting stuff. Uh, I do a podcast interview with him and I discuss how the ACT relates to that, um, a little bit about scholarships, and then I actually go through a whole recruiting process, uh, something that I did with my son, Camden, and I give you a lot of practical information. So if you, no matter what sport you might be uh, playing, or if you're a parent and you're, you're interested, okay, how am I going to help my, my daughter, you know, uh, get noticed by that coach or whatever, I go through a whole uh, series of steps with him. Uh, on that. So the Keep It 100 podcast is awesome. And uh, anyway, I was pretty thrilled to be able to do that interview with Tony. So I'll I'll be posting that on the Chad Cargill Workshop Facebook page as well. All right. So let's get rolling with breaking down this writing section. Now, I I did one episode, um, episode 11, on how to become a great writer with Thomas Umstead Jr. And uh, Thomas is just a great guy. He's a great coach in, in that field. And that was maybe more geared toward if you want to get serious with writing, like you want to like even have a career, possibly get published, that kind of thing. So that's a great episode to listen to if you're interested in that. But today I want to specifically focus on the ACT writing portion and try to explain 
uh, some of this. So let me read to you a little bit um, from ACD's site because I think it's important a little bit just to hear it in their words to some degree what what they're saying it is. I'll kind of, you know, just kind of piece through this, give you the highlights. But uh, I want to come from their perspective just for a second and then I'm going to kind of break it down for you. But they say that if you take the ACT with writing, it provides you and the schools your score, your addition score, it gives them an idea of how well that you do in not only just writing, but putting your thoughts together and being convincing and logical. You will receive a total of five scores for taking this test. All right. They're going to give you um, a single subject level writing score reported on a range of two to 12. Two's the worst, 12's the best. And four, what they call domain scores, which are also two to 12. And those are based on an analytic scoring rubric, okay? The subject level score will be round, will be the rounded average of the four domain scores. So they're going to add up the four, they average them, and they round. The four domains that they test are ideas and analysis, development and support, organization, language use, and conventions. Now, let me, let me break that down just a little bit and try to tell you what that means. Ideas and analysis, this is really your ability of establishing an insightful context for analysis of the issues and its perspectives. Development and support, this is an integrated line of reasoning and illustration, uh, effectively conveying your argument. Organization, it's a persistent focus on exploring your thesis. And then language use, they're looking for precise vocabulary and clear sentence structure. That's kind of the way. And now listen, you can get online to their site and you can read a lot. That's my summary that I drew from what I read on their site, uh, the way they are defining it. So that's kind of my summary of their definition. Now, when you sign up for the ACT, you know it costs you like a bazillion dollars. It's absolutely ridiculous what they charge. But $55, take the ACT. If you decide to do it with writing, it's $70. So what are you going to get for that? Well, you're going to get not only your score broken down, you're also going to get an image of your essay. That image of your essay will be available to your high school and the colleges to which you have that score report sent. Okay? So they're going to actually be able to see uh, your writing. And uh, you'll be able to, uh, that image of the essay, it's available to your high school. So you need to get that. And you need to look at what you did. You need to get that to your English teacher. Okay. I want you to give that essay to your English teacher. And I want your English teacher to be able to break it down and look at it and say, no, this is no good. Or here, here's what you did here that you could have done better. Now, before September of 2015, ACT used a, it was basically a table where they took your English subscore, then your writing score And you looked where those two scores met and it gave you a new combined score. And they would report your subscore, your writing score, and the combined score. They would report the three to the college. Well, in the fall of 15, they changed that. And they don't use that table anymore. So now, when you take the writing test, you need to know it does not affect your subject score. All right, your subject area score or your composite score. It does not affect those. They do generate what they call an English language arts score, an ELA, and it does factor into that, okay? Now, how is your score going to be tabulated necessarily? Well, I told you they're going to give you scores in those four four areas. Well, when I say 2 to 12, 
The key here is each section is graded from one to six. So how do we get two to 12? That's because two readers score your essay. Two different people will read your essay and score you in all four of those domains. Now, one really interesting twist on this is that the domain score is the sum of those two reader scores, but if the reader's ratings disagree by more than one point, then a third reader evaluates your essay and resolves that difference or that discrepancy. So that's how they grade it. And your goal, obviously, is to get a 12. That means you got six and six, all right? And so six is the highest. Now, in order to get a six on, on the ACT writing, and I've looked at a lot of the, the things that they publish, and you, you can even get online and you can see samples of what it is. But the bottom line, they're going to give you 40 minutes to write this essay, and they're going to give you a topic or a prompt. And you are then going to try to write this essay about that prompt. ACT appears to like the five-paragraph essay format. So in a five-paragraph essay format, you would have your short introduction, with your good thesis sentence that really identifies your position, what you're going to take, and the arguments that you're going to make. Then you're going to want a body paragraph for each of your arguments and your conclusion. So now what I want to do is I want to go through just some general strategies, some things that you can try to do to make sure that you write a great essay. And one, just begin with the big picture in mind. You wanna take a broad general approach. So let's start by looking at the big picture. And that might be, hey, I'm gonna take this position, okay? Then you wanna narrow that topic, narrow that position into your thesis statement. Like, here's what I believe and here's how I'm gonna argue it. So in other words, you're going to situate the problem, you're gonna provide a broad context of the issue. For example, if your topic was a mandatory uniform policy, you could begin your essay by describing the problems that exist in education that have caused authorities or whatever to propose this idea of the mandatory uniforms. Another strategy or approach you can use here is to introduce the opposite. So recognize the opposing argument to a position you will support in your essay. So when you present the opposite situation in your introduction, it allows you the advantage of being able to write support paragraphs that argue your position, as well as counter opposing arguments. For example, an essay opposing a mandatory uniform policy could begin with arguments many schools have used to like do that policy, all right? So it just gives you a way to kind of say, hey, here's what they do and here's why this is wrong, all right? Or here's how I'm gonna argue that it's wrong. When you're writing, you want to you want to kind of think now about it's worth taking a few seconds or minute, whatever, to gather your thoughts and kind of break down a, a rough outline. Okay, I wouldn't just willy nilly just start writing. I would at least think through how I'm going to argue this. Now you want to go with the flow. You got to remember that in a timed in, in timed writing. It doesn't matter if the evaluators agree with your position. It's more important how you express yourself than what necessarily your opinion is. But you, you, you wanna set that opinion and you wanna take a stance that you can best support. You gotta decide on what, you, what support you can provide and you gotta go with it. So I need to start like saying, hey, here's my topic. Um, here's how I'm gonna get there. Here's how I'm gonna argue it, okay? So we gotta think this through from a, an outline style perspective. 
You don't want to be distracted by arguing with the prompt. Like, oh, this is ridiculous. Here's why they're asking that. Don't do that. Don't argue with yourself about the issues. Listen, you are either for it, you're against it. Let's go. I'm going to write this thing and I'm going to write it hard, okay? Don't flip-flop. For the purpose of this time writing, you cannot try to cover more than one side and you shouldn't anyway. I want you to be like, listen, don't you try to play up to what you think they believe, okay? Don't do it. Don't play their little, you know, game of what you take your position. That's it. Take your position, write your essay. Don't flip-flop. Now, you want to end the essay pretty quickly, okay? And I'm going to talk about a little bit more why in just a minute, but when you get to the end, I mean, you don't need some long conclusion that like restates everything you've already argued. That's not the approach I would take. I'm looking for a summary, maybe even a very quick summary sentence at the end that just kind of recaps your thesis, your main points. But man, I, I don't want to get something crazy on there. Um, it, it just kind of, you need to make sure that end is precise and quick, okay? So we want to strive in this to get a great five paragraph essay in that 40 minute time period. You're going to need again to spend a few minutes at the beginning to kind of create that thesis sentence that's going to establish what you're going to argue, your main points you're going to want to argue, and you want to definitely uh, take a moment to get that outline. You decide on your method and you go, all right? Um, you, you get that short introduction and then you want to jump into your arguments, all right? And definitely, you're going to need a couple minutes at the end to edit, okay? So you just got to know that. I mean, going in, hey, I, I, you know, it's not like I, I, I'm going to have to do a little bit of edit, but you can't just edit, 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 edit. It's kind of like that, you know, you, it's like you pull back that bow and you aim, 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 aim. Some people never fire. You, you got to take your shot. So you can't just edit all day. You want to make sure that you're thinking about coherence here, transitions. You want to have some flow with this, all right? And, you know, your English teacher is going to be a great resource for this. And as you write these, you're going to want to definitely talk to your English teachers and see if they can help you. And, and uh, you need to be thinking about this stuff. Now, there's a few things that I want to give you specifically about when you write this that you want to make sure that you achieve, Okay. So when you look at the highest graded essays on ACT site, you find that the six out of six essays are pretty long. Now, typically you're looking about 500 to 600 word essays. Those are pretty long. I, I took a six out of six essay um, that ACT published and it took me 24 and a half minutes to copy it. So that was just me writing. Okay. Just like looking up, write it. Right. And so if you take that, I write pretty quickly. So if you take that, I did no thinking, 24 and a half minutes, all right? And so you you don't have just a million hours to put this together, okay? You got you to go pretty quickly. But you're looking for the five paragraph essay, about 500, 600 words. Now, how many sentences would that be? Well, the average body paragraph on their highest graded essays, you're really looking around eight sentences roughly, about eight sentences per body paragraph. Now those are pretty long. You'll, you'll find some that are a little more sentences, some that are a little less, but even the ones that are a little less, you'll find that they are, uh, a lot of them are uh, with semicolons. So you actually have two sentences combined with semicolon, or you'll have the summary sentence rule of a colon where there's two sentences divided by the colon. So I, when I teach this in the class, I say eight sentences is a great uh, it's kind of a great bogey point. I mean, about an eight sentence paragraph 
is typically what you'll see. And sometimes I'll even, uh, like in my workshop, I'll say, hey, eight to 10 sentences per body paragraph. Those are long. You want to make sure that you use active voice instead of passive voice. I could do a whole episode on this. I'll give you one example just to give you an idea of what I mean. If you don't know that, um, I might say, the ball was thrown by Chad. Well, instead of that, just say Chad threw the ball. So that's the active version, okay? And we want to be active in our voice. Now, they love a variety of sentence structures. And I, and I kind of hinted at that just a second ago. I talked about the semicolon. I talked about the colon, where it uh, does a summary sentence rule. Uh, you know, I, the first example I pulled off their site, I noticed there it was, the colon, where it sets off a summary sentence. It was right there on that first example that I saw. And that's not commonly used. But when you use that and you use it correctly, it shows an advanced knowledge of punctuation and grammar. So convincing vocabulary. Now, this is where I said earlier on language use, precise vocab. I think the point there is don't use words. You're not sure what they mean. A lot of people love to use these crazy words and they have no idea what they mean. So when you write, we want precise vocabulary. If you're not sure what it means, don't use it and very clear sentence structure, okay? So, and I know this is asking for a lot. It's like, my gosh, they're testing all this? Yeah, they definitely do. So a variety of sentence structure, convincing vocabulary, active, not passive, the five paragraph essay format, and pretty long paragraphs. Okay, now here is my big tip that I really think is the best tip that I give to beat this crazy writing test, okay? When you are trained in persuasive writing, you typically are taught to put your best point last. You'll be taught, hey, listen, if you're going to argue three things, save your best one for last because you really want to hammer home your thought. You really want to be convincing. You know, you really want to convince that grader, um, you know, well, as great as that may be in a typical five paragraph essay format on the ACT writing, I teach that you should put your best point first, not last. Now, we'll give you several reasons for this. First of all, a lot of students run out of time and never write their best point. I want to make sure it's included. Put it first. Another reason, a lot of students save your best point for last, but as you're writing, you're developing your thoughts. Then you get to the end and you've come up with a new best idea. Well, you end up leaving out that great idea that you were saving. I want it included. Put it in there. But let me give you the number one reason why I think your best point should be last. It is simply because a human grades the essay. Now think about this. If you were hired by ACT to grade 500 essays this week, I will bet great money that when you read, by the time you read the intro and the first body paragraph, that 90% of your decision is made. Listen, it's human nature. You can't help it. You look at that and I guarantee you she's going, whoa, this is a great writer. Oh my gosh, this one struggles. It's just human nature. I guarantee you that's what she's doing. As a result of that, I think she starts making decisions about your writing very early in the essay. I want you to convince the grader that you're a great writer early on. I want you to hit hard early. I told my two oldest, I told Cameron and Casey, I said, listen, the first body paragraph better be the best 
paragraph you've ever written. I said, even at the expense of the third, I want it to be that good. You've got to convince that grader. You are a great writer and convincer early. Now, listen, I think if you put a true serum in the grader, she might even admit to you that she skims at the end of the essay. It, listen, it'd be hard to get her to admit it under, uh, unless she's under true serum, but I bet that would be true. Why? Because she's made up her mind how she's going to grade you. And, and she's got a million to grade. I would bet under the truth serum, she may even admit that she doesn't read the conclusion paragraph. Now, again, you'd have a hard time getting some to admit that. But uh, I have been told that one did admit that and admitted that in a counseling conference, um, which, uh, you know, and, and look, I, I, can, I get it. I mean, do you know how many they have to grade? And so when you make up your mind, you already got your grades. I get it. You move on to the next one. And I mean, come on, they've got a fail safe. If there's too big of a discrepancy, no problem. A third person grades, it's not that big a deal. I bet I'll get close. I'll probably be right. I bet I can read that beginning, skim that in, and I bet I'll be close to that next person. So don't fool yourself. This is not an exact science. They know that. And they have a fail safe in case something gets haywire. So this is a great strategy. Listen, write that five paragraph essay. Take your position. Don't waver. Very convincing vocabulary. Uh, you know, uh, a variety of sentence structure and put your best point first. Don't save it for last and be convincing with that uh, crazy argument. All right. I mean, whatever it is, man, you go to town with it and you don't waver. Now, I want to summarize the writing portion with my final thought. And that is, don't take it. What a waste of time this is. Don't take it. Look, the only reason why you would ever need to take the HD writing test is if the school to which you're applying requires it. So find out if they require it. And if they don't, do not take it. It's more money. It's more time. It's more stress. No way. Don't take it. Okay. Now here in Oklahoma, where I'm at, um, it is part of the state standardized test scores. Juniors take the ACT as a standardized test score and they take the writing portion and that is included. So when I teach my workshop here in Oklahoma, I always teach writing because I'm like, okay, listen, you're going to do this and I want you to have great writing scores for your school. So, you know, th that there will be times that you'll have to take it because it's a requirement of the state or whatever. But in general, I never take the writing test unless the school to where I'm applying requires it. All right. Well, I hope that gives you a lot of great information. And uh, I know that was kind of fast and kind of hit some highlights there, but I, and I may do future podcast episodes um, to try to break some of that down and give you more detail, but hopefully that at least gets you started. And that's really the first, I've been doing these nine months now, and that is the first like full episode I've done over the writing test. Hopefully that gives you a lot of great information. All right. Again, you can find all my classes on chadcargill.com. Specifically go to calendar.chadcargill.com. You can see where I'm at. If you are enjoying these episodes, please share it with someone. I would really appreciate that. If you're on Apple Podcasts, if you wouldn't mind, just go ahead and click that five-star button and leave a short review there. That would be great. I would really appreciate that. Um, I got uh, another uh, email uh, this week that uh, we appeared on one of the Apple Podcast uh, charts for courses in the U.S. and uh, still way down that list, but uh, at least we appeared again. And uh, the listenership is, uh, as I said, it's way up. We're, we're, we're even higher than we were last month um, through this month where uh, the daily listens are, are higher. And I appreciate that so much, you guys listening. And uh, give me feedback. If you have a topic you would like me to cover, let me know. I'm always looking for great topics. I've got a lot specked out, but uh, 
I certainly would, uh, would appreciate any input you might have. And I want to make sure I'm getting you the info that you would like. All right. Well, I hope you guys have a great Thanksgiving. I will be back next week for another episode. And uh, it will drop on Thursday. And uh, I'm looking forward to giving you that and then several more to come. Until then, you guys have a great Thanksgiving and stay safe. I will talk to you soon.